Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter. We're at the last chapter of the Bible. We're looking at Revelation chapter 22 today. Uh, we haven't read the whole thing straight through. Uh, we, we've skipped around in different places. Actually, it's my pleasure to uh, announce that we're going to the Gospel of Mark tomorrow. So we're going back to one of the Gospels. I want to make sure that we read one of those Gospels regularly. So that'll be really nice. Uh, I've been I've been missing the Gospels. We read the Gospel of John almost a year ago. Um, so it'll be nice to get back into that. But today, what a treat. Revelation chapter 22. Um, this is the last chapter of the Bible. You get this continuing description of the the heavenly Jerusalem, heaven, right? We looked at the walls and the, the gates last time, and now you get the river of the water of life, and you get the tree of life. Um, this is what we we're talking about a little bit last time with Pastor Parviz, the, the bookends in scripture here, that it's like Genesis all over again um, here at the very end. So, uh, and then the Lord Jesus uh, speaks to close out the book. Um, it is, after all, his book. So, uh, very cool chapter here. And uh, our guest today, uh, Pastor Rolf Preuss, pastor at Trinity Sydney um, Lutheran, well, it actually, it's um, Trinity and St. John Lutheran Churches in Sydney and Fairview, um, but in very close association, cooperation, um, out in Montana. Uh, good morning, Pastor Preuss. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Hey, praise God. We got you. All right. How are you guys doing out there? Not so bad. Things are starting to open up a little bit. We've been able to meet as the church for two weeks in a row now. And so we're coming along, and uh, uh, it's a wonderful time of the year. Yep. So Yeah, I was, gonna, I was thinking to myself, you know, like, I bet in Montana things can't be as bad because, you know, social distancing, that's like— that's just kind of like automatic because of the population density, right? <laughs> yeah, I look, you know, I looked at a map the other day. I think that we are about the safest place in the United States to live. <laughs> uh, kind of right. uh, not too many people here. <laughs> yeah, that's but, right. So, but uh, yeah, praise God that you've been able to uh, have services again uh, the last two weeks. It's very good. And yeah, Lord willing, um, many other places soon. Um yeah, you know, like it's uh, as long as we're doing our uh, whatever we need to do to take care of our neighbors. Um, certainly, we want to be taking care of our neighbors' souls as well as their bodies. So, well, it's been something um, we just yeah, uh, but it, it's been very instructive. I think that we, you know, you take for granted that you can go to church yeah. and you know uh, participate in the service, yeah. receive the sacrament, and then boom, it happens where life is just. Uh, so you really appreciate the gifts God gives when, you know, when, when something like this happens. I, I pray that you're right. I, I really do, because I think that that's I think that's that's been the effect for me and for probably a lot of pastors. Um, mm -hmm. But I know that I think the other side effect is that and I think a lot of our people as well, um, I think especially a lot of our Lutheran people. Um, that this is making us stop and say, wow, you know, we were really taking this for granted, what a treasure it is. But I think the mm -hmm. other thing it's also revealing, though, is that I think there's a lot of attitudes that are sort of like, well, this is pretty nice, you know, I can just 
you know, go to church in my pajamas, right? Like, why don't we do this all the time, right? Um, and, and, and you see that yeah. actually, I, I saw recently there was a, a court decision where they, um, I forget where the, where it was. I think it was in Illinois where, um, the, the church lost the case saying it was religious discrimination. And the judge was like, oh, well, but you know, you can gather online and that's sufficient, you know? So it, it's revealing that there are some attitudes that don't yeah. actually really appreciate, um, physical gathering. So that's, that's the other side of it. Yeah, you're right. You know, but, you know, it forces us back to consider what the church is, you know, when we talk about the, the yeah. assembling of yourselves together. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking, for example, we, we absolve uh, the congregation yeah. at the beginning of the service. Well, when I was doing it uh, recorded for the people simply to go to YouTube and listen to it, I, I changed it to the Declaration of Grace because I, I just didn't feel comfortable pronouncing an absolution on a red yep. dot yep. in a camera, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, you have live oh, people absolutely. gathered with live people, and it's uh, it's just such a precious thing. I wish people would would understand that uh, church isn't something; it isn't a spectator sport. It's something you participate in. Yeah. yeah. So. A- amen. Yeah. No. It was it was something that you're right. Like some a lot of those sorts of questions, including that very one about um, absolution and blessings, it, you had to stop and think. You know, what what is absolution? What is a a blessing? You know, I mean, what are these things? And um, like you were saying, you know, you, you look back over, you know, just the the, the tradition um, of God's people, what you have in the scriptures, and, and you're right. You're like, does it does it really make sense to do it this way? So I mean, it's it's been a yeah. good. It, there has been blessing in the midst of all of it, and um, also it's been a blessing to read the book of Revelation, um, which I think really, you know, these last two chapters really tie into this idea really well, um, because here you have a very physical description of what it's mm-hmm. like to be in God's presence. It's not just that, you know, we're beholding the glory of God in some kind of disembodied, ethereal way. There, there's a city. There's a city with walls yeah. and gates, yeah. and and here we're going to read. There's there's a river and a tree. You know, God God wants us to be with Him in a place, um, and not just kind of some kind of loosely interconnected experience. Right. Yeah, this is a great chapter. Well, I, uh, yeah. So. The, yeah, uh, that was happening. well. Without any further. Go through. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, speaking of the difficulties of uh, you know not being in person, right? It's <laughs> when you can't see the person's face in front of you, right? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yes, but without any uh, further ado, let's go ahead and turn to the chapter. Um, and as we do, would you rather open us up with a prayer for us and for everyone following along today, and for all of our brothers and sisters wherever they may be? Uh, Let us pray. Uh, Lord God, Heavenly Father, your faithfulness is everlasting. The promise you gave to our first parents in paradise is the promise that you fulfill here in time. We thank and praise you for removing the curse and for giving us the tree of life, for giving us the river of water, giving us heaven itself as our inheritance We pray as we read and discuss uh, the last chapter of the Bible today that you would confirm in our hearts uh, this this confidence that your promises are true 
and that heaven is our true home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, brother. Um, all right, so let's go ahead then, and let's we'll just read through the whole chapter once, just kind of let it speak for itself here, uh, and then we can circle around and look at you know the first couple of verses here because we want to really talk about this um, river of the water of life that's got so many connections to uh, the Gospel of John and elsewhere. Uh, but we'll, we'll just read the whole thing, um, you know, in context here. So it's um, kind of a, a medium-sized chapter here, 21 verses. So this is chapter 22 of the book of Revelation, beginning from the top. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as a crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits, the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am one am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and the murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. It's an amazing chapter for a lot of reasons. Um, I mean, you start getting all this red letters, um, all this red letter text at the end. 
um, you know, just reflecting on the words of the Lord Jesus, you know, especially at the very end, you know, surely I am coming soon. And we want to make sure we spend a, a good chunk of time on that at the end. Uh, but the, uh, the the chapter itself, you know, we're, we're kind of reading it here. You have this kind of continuation of chapter 21, the description of the, the city and particularly the river and the tree of life. Um, and, and then you kind of move into this kind of, you know, epilogue sort of um, these concluding remarks about, you know, uh, blessings and curses and, and all the rest. Um, so just looking at the first part, uh, for starters here, continuing the description, it's, um, it's really interesting that, you know, you had the description of the city with its walls and its gates, but it's like he saved the best for last. There's this river and the tree of life, which, you know, I mean, when was the last time the tree of life showed up, right? Um, but here it is again. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's a it's a it's just it's a fitting conclusion. I mean, assuming that the revelation of John here is the uh, last book um, of the Bible, and mm-hmm. uh, it is a fitting a fitting conclusion to go back to the beginning, where God wouldn't let them touch the tree of life because of their sin, and now you have the tree of life yielding fruit that uh, heals the nations. I mean, it's just a beautiful reversal. Uh, of the curse and uh, yeah, the, the river, of course, yeah, the I water. Think, Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say about the tree of life that you were, you were just mentioning. Um, I I'm trying to recall. It may have been with um, before that um, we were just how like this interest very beginning of the tree of life. And in the very middle, um, which is even right, it's Psalm uh, 16, I think, actually the middle. Like I'm, you're you're cracking up here. I cannot. I can't really hear you. Um, okay. No, we're. I think uh, our connection is. Um, well, we'll that. Um, well, we got the studio looking into it. Um, but so then in the middle of the story of salvation, we've got, you know, the tree, uh, which our Lord Jesus was on, uh, you know, the, the cross uh, in the middle of, in some ways, the, the crossroads of history, the middle of the story of God's people. And then here at the end, you've got the tree yet again. Um, so it's interesting to, to see it that way, that you kind of have this, you know, beginning, middle and end, which complements, of course, the idea of, uh, Alpha and Omega, which we saw um, here in this text. Um, I, ha- I saw a piece of art recently that had this picture of the tree of life in, in the new heavenly Jerusalem, and the tree was in the shape of the cross. Um, like the Lord's body, like the, the trunk of the tree was like the Lord's body, and its branches were like his arms. You know, like there's, there's something, there was something really beautiful about that, that idea that it's, it's through the cross, that tree of the curse, that we get the tree of life for healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is the the, the whole concept of the tree uh, in the um, uh, proper preface for uh, for land. You've got uh, that he who by a tree once overcame would likewise by a tree be overcome. And you see, see that the tree uh, enters in uh, repeatedly here, and. Uh, 
and of course life being the the final verdict of God is that he who is the source of all life uh, he would obviously be uh, the, the the river of the water of life would be flow from the throne of God and and the lamb and he's identified as the lamb in heaven which uh, reinforces what you're just saying about the, the life coming from the cross that's where the lamb is slain yeah well yeah and i think that that makes a lot of sense um you know like the idea like the water like for instance the water like flowing from the lord's side um from the cross and we we saw that too with the idea of like the the blood flowing from his side when we were considering um you know several chapters ago that that idea of the of the blood which was flowing uh, throughout the land um but there's also there's also an allusion right to i think a different part of the bible um and I think there's like a note on this in the in the ESV too uh, that this river of life idea there seems to be a connection to the book of Ezekiel. What do you think? Where in Ezekiel are we talking about here? Well, the ESV has a footnote on verse two where um, it says here that through the middle of the street of the city, um, and then it's right there. You got this footnote A referring to Ezekiel 47, right, where um, there is this description of how Ezekiel saw a, a a river of life of a certain kind with trees on either side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so it seems to be like an echo of, of Ezekiel also. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think that so would be what pretty do, clear. Yeah. So, what what do we make of that then? What is um, what what is what are we trying to be told here? If there's a connection to Ezekiel forty seven. Well, that the uh, the I, I would say that the the whole idea of water and 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 uh, life from water uh, is talking about the the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is uh, uh, well he. The, the work of the Holy Spirit is 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 discussed uh, in the prophet Ezekiel. You have you have the uh, the description of, of holy baptism. You've got the uh, uh, you've got um, the, the the theme of of the whole Bible. Uh, if you look at it, would be the how does God work? How does God rule? How does God deal with His people? And it uh, and that the the river, the river flowing through, would be the gospel that the Holy Spirit impresses on, on the hearts of Christians. Yes, yeah, I mean certainly, like in the Gospel of John, um, that's the way the Lord talks. You know, like with the Samaritan woman, right? The talk about yeah. the um, you know like uh, the, this water that wells up to eternal life, um, and our Lord saying, "No, come to me, all you who are thirsty." Um, th- this idea of the Lord Jesus providing the Spirit, the gospel. Um, it, it's it's interesting, though, I, I think, to take a look at uh, Ezekiel 47, uh, where, where there's there's really—it's it, striking the, the, pres- the number of all the different parallels, um, where when you go to 47 here, um, particularly it says that Eze- Ezekiel's looking at a vision of the temple, right? It says, he brought me back to the door of the temple— 
uh, and water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, right? And so he's got this this description of this of this water flowing through the the temple, which is, I mean, really striking. I mean, like because historically, I don't think the the temple had had a river going through it, right? But this is the the vision um, that he's having, and and this um this this temple, right? Um, it gets measured also by apparently an angel in the vision here um, at a thousand cubits. Um, and so it's interesting that, you know, just in the previous chapter, we had all that measurement here. And there in Ezekiel, they're measuring things there too. They're measuring all this stuff. And then like to, to the point that you were just making about how this gives life, what's really interesting here in Ezekiel is that this water goes and it flows, it flows out. And it flows even into the Dead Sea. And this is really striking. It flows into the Dead Sea. And when that happens, the water goes from dead salt water to uh, living fresh water. And all these living yeah. creatures come to life. And so all the curses and plagues that we've seen in Revelation where all the, the animals in the sea die, um, here they, they come back to life. I mean, it's when you pair it with Ezekiel, it seems to be a clear temple resurrection picture yeah and uh no that that's that's very good and the and the fact that the uh uh the description here of of uh the throne of god the lamb and 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 that uh what where where do we find the temple uh where is the temple located um right, right now uh wouldn't it mm-hmm. be wouldn't it be uh, the body of Christ is the temple. Uh, right. The church is the temple, um, and so the uh, you, you see the Lamb, uh, and He. Uh, this fulfills the promise of the very existence of the temple. Right, it, exactly, and that idea that it's the Lord Jesus then who is the temple, um, and that. You know, he is the one who has the river of life, which is always flowing um, to give life. He's the one who, you've got the, the trees, it says, yielding its fruit each month. The idea that there's there's never a month where you're like, oh, I guess the tree of life isn't producing anything this month, right? No, it, right. constantly, constantly, right? Um, the idea that the Lord Jesus himself is the temple with the constant supply of the tree of life and the river of life that, in a certain sense, we're already in the heavenly temple and we're already experiencing um, that renewal and that life and that that resurrection and there's a there's maybe one or two other things we ought to say before we uh, move on to the epilogue section but it's time for us to take our break here so um, everybody hang with us we're looking at the last chapter of the bible revelation chapter 22 here on thy strong word and we'll be right back
Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. You know, life is a potpourri of good experiences and really tough challenges. Through all those times you need, and so do I, the Lord's precious word and sacred music to get you through. That's what you get when you tune in to Moments of Assurance, Christ-centered songs, scripture, news items, trivia, humor, you name it. So tune in, you'll be richer for it over the noontime hour here on Worldwide KFUO. Moments of Assurance is underwritten by Mid-American Coaches. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Revelation 22 today, last chapter of the Bible. Um, we're just talking about the river of life, the tree of life, um, and how this description, you know, it recalls Genesis, but it recalls Ezekiel, pointing to this idea that it is the Lord Jesus um, who is the temple. And, and there's a couple other things that re are really, really cool about this. Um, as we're diving into this today, we've got our guest, Pastor Rolf Preuss, pastor at Trinity and St. John Lutheran Churches in Sydney and Fairview, Montana. If you've got a question for me or Pastor Preuss, give us a call if you're listening live, 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850 or you can always send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org, um, and the helpful people in the studio will relay those questions or comments to us. Uh, also, I want to make sure to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for your ongoing work all over the world and for your support of Thy Strong Word. Their website is lhfmissions.org. So, uh, yeah, we were just talking about how, you know, there's this idea that um, there's this, this kind of resurrection idea where um, Ezekiel shows the water, it, it makes the Dead Sea come to life, right? Um, and, and we've seen this already um, in the last couple of chapters, the idea of the first resurrection and the second resurrection, which, um, you know, uh, save from the, the first death and the, and the second death. Uh, so this, this resurrection idea is already in here, um, and it's just kind of coming out even, even more. Um, and then along with that, I think, you have a resurrected city of God, it seems, but what's I think striking is that this is imitating Ezekiel's description of the temple. And so it seems like the entire city is the temple. There there is no like, you know, temple part and then there's the, you know, the outside common part where you can't go in cuz you know, like you're not you're not one of the priests or something. It it seems like Actually, there's a there's been a redesign here. The entire city of Jerusalem is the holy temple of God. That's a that yeah. I I think that's a great observation, and it fits in too with the whole again the whole what was the temple? What did what did it mean? And what does uh, our Lord Jesus say of the temple? And uh, how does uh, how how is it? I mean, we're talking about the gathering of the people of God with God. We're talking about no, nothing 
between us and God because of the forgiveness of sin. Um, and so now what was uh, mediated in a certain manner, now we're in heaven uh, after the resurrection. This is the uh, immediate uh, receiving of all of all of the joys that had been mediated uh, right. to us here on earth. So uh, yeah, that, that's uh, I like the way you're putting that. That this is uh, taking what was mediated and making it immediate. Um, another way of maybe putting it too is like it, it's taking what was was small um, and exclusive and then making it really big to include more. Um, and, and that's. I think certainly what we saw in the previous chapter, we didn't have a lot of time at the end to talk about this, but this the city, it's not only that the temple has been enlarged so that the temple now takes up the entire city, in a way of speaking, but the city itself is gigantic. <laughs> um, we didn't talk about this, but uh, last time in 21, it said that the city, it looks like a cube. It's 12,000 stadia in its length, width, and height, which if you, if you take that literally... Um, <laughs> that's that's almost 1400 miles in every direction and uh for reference the the international space station is only 240 miles uh, 250 miles maybe above the earth so <laughs> if you're like on the top floors of the heavenly jerusalem you're looking like way way down at the space station this thing is enormous and so i mean yeah you have this description of um here what we read that you know, outside, this is what it said, um, where, where was it here? That outside of the city, you, you had, um, you know, the, the dogs and the blasphemers and the evildoers and the rest, right? That was in verse 15, we read that, right? The sorcerer is sexually immoral, right? But the thing is, I mean, uh, the city's gigantic. There's so much room inside. It's not like there's not enough room. Um, it's just that uh, th there are some who, even with this great inclusion and immediacy um have chosen not to be part of it yeah no it is uh uh i agree and then um i wanted to ask your, your thought too like on one other um aspect of this so i i think that um when we when we take what we're looking at this idea that you know this is referencing ezekiel it's kind of uh, referencing, in a way, um, Ezekiel's whole picture of this city being a temple all by itself. Uh, I think the idea is really augmented by the details in 21, uh, because not only did you have, um, of course, the, the 12,000 uh, stadia, which I think is the idea that the, the city has been, and the temple then, has been enlarged to 12, the whole people of God, 1,000, um, including the church militant, in its 1,000-year reign, right, including us um, in the heavenly Jerusalem, in a way of speaking, right? Uh, but then the description of the walls and the jewels. Um, uh, Pastor Parviz yesterday mentioned these, um, it, it's hard to line them up because the colors kind of like change throughout um, the centuries, kind of how we talk about different gems and, and whatnot. Uh, but they basically line up with the gems that were on uh, the high priest's ephod, um, the ones that he would wear, um, in fact, the, the walls being made out of jasper, which is one of the 12 stones, right? That's exactly how the high priest's um, 12 stones that he wore on his chest were arranged, where each one of those represented one of the tribes of Israel. And, and so it, it seems then like th this is just all fitting together where the, 
the entire city is the temple. The entire city is the priesthood. It's no longer um, even that it's just uh, the city, but it's, it's, it's not even just the temple. It's the whole city is the holy of holies. The whole, the whole city is the place where the high priest is only allowed to be. And yet now all God's people get to be where the high priest before could only exclusively go. So, I mean, like, it's just what you were saying. It's just, but that degree of immediacy, it's so radical. Yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, and, and the unity, you know, something that, uh, that uh, comes up again and again uh, when we're reading the Old Testament is uh, the, the, uh, the Christ-centeredness of of God's word uh, from from the beginning to the end, and here in in Revelation and in this particular chapter we're looking at here, you see how it is. You see how the the fulfillment of all, all of the promises of the Old Testament are now in Christ, but so much greater than anything. You got the picture now. You got the substance, and the substance is a universal. Uh, that is to say, all the people of God sharing in what used to be limited to the, the priesthood uh, and seen only through various means. Now it is uh, everything promised is, is revealed and, and, and experienced. So it's a, it's a fitting... Well, and in particular... Yeah, you're right. And in particular, you mentioned you know, particular means, right? Um, I think particularly we're talking about the Day of Atonement, right? Because it's not like the, the high priest could just wander into the um, Holy of Holies whenever he felt like it, right? Um, it was right. only on this this one day, right, that he goes in after extensive ritual cleansings, right? And he goes into this this holy place for this, like, one very, very special day of the year. But to consider then that the Holy of Holies is constantly open, it means uh, that we have a constant Day of Atonement, right? That the Day of Atonement is the eighth day or i mean the, the day of the resurrection it's our easter it's it's every day in christ is the day of atonement you know and this gets back to the whole uh the 12 um seasons or the 12 months right the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit in each month um that that kind of constantly renewed uh, yom kippur um day of atonement so i mean it's uh it's it's the immediacy and then I, I, I would say uh, also the constancy really are just both uh, tied hand in hand, um, which which is just then I guess that really kind of invites the next section. Then like, well, okay, if it's just if it's just constantly going on, right? Well, then then why isn't it here already? <laughs> and you know, like when's it when's it coming? If it's if it's just if it's just there all the time, right? Like, um, and I, I feel like that's kind of what what transitions us in some ways to the next part about when our Lord says, uh, he's coming soon. Yeah. Well, then, of course, yeah, that brings up the whole question of time and what does soon mean. And, right. uh, of course, if, uh, I don't want to get off the point here, but as far as that goes, you know, you have the matter of a child, you know, uh, when are we going to be there? Sure. And then you have yeah. the adult thing. Well, you know, if you get a little bit of experience, maybe, you'll realize that time goes a lot faster as you, as you get older. And yeah. uh, I think that what we're going to see here is uh, that uh, we have um, the, whole, the whole concept of time is, 
is going to find its fulfillment in uh, when Christ does return. He says, I'm returning soon. So let's take his word for it. Right. Yeah, no, and you I take his word for it. That's uh, an interesting way of putting it, right? I mean, because you, you have the angel who's speaking to John, and he says, you know, these words are trustworthy and true. Um, and then, you know, again, to, to show his servants what must soon take place. So, I mean, there's, um, you know, again and again, it, it feels like it's a reminder to us, it, almost like, more like an anticipation, that it's like the angel knows, the Lord Jesus knows, we are going to feel this like it's taking forever. <laughs> We're going to, like like the child who keeps asking, you know, is it here yet? You know, are we there yet, right? Um so we're given these assurances that that it comes, it comes soon, right? Um, like we we need that encouragement, we need that that reminder, um, and and in some ways we we need the the now part of the not yet that that we in a certain sense already are seeing the heavenly Jerusalem and heavenly temple being fulfilled in the church, um, because if we if we didn't have that 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 taste that foretaste that ahead of time experience you know we just we just wouldn't have the endurance to to wait even though it's soon from god's perspective it just would be too long for our our mortal weakness well yeah and you know something just just across my mind here when you look at this this uh picture before us in revelation 22 and we're talking about what you were just saying you know I, it made me think of, you know, set your mind on things above. And so, so let's just not be earthly-minded, but let's be heavenly-minded. But when, when the concrete heaven is displayed before our eyes, you have uh, Christ, the Lamb, who is the temple, the life coming from him. So you look back at the, at the crucifixion. I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what makes you heavenly-minded, and that's what, that's what sets your heart on the things that are to come, because that is what has brought it all about. And so you, you see the joining together of, uh, of, the, uh, of the atonement and heaven itself uh, in the same chapter here. It, that, that's right, and it makes me think, too, about... Um, I mean, just the idea of Christ being the center, the, the hub that's holding everything together, right? I mean, so, you know, Christ, Christ is, is the lamb at the, at the center of the city, but because the whole city is the, the temple and is the holy of holies, then in, in a sense, the whole city is, is Christ. Um, and, and so in that way, it's Christ who transcends time, who yeah. is the one who holds us together in that right now, right? I mean, right now we feel like so far away, right? We feel disconnected, right? We we um we 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 feel like it's like it's just taking too long for it to come. But if we're in Christ, then because Christ, in a sense, is already there, right? I mean, I think I think that's one of the things that that's um that's very striking about Revelation. The city comes down, right? Um, yesterday, Pastor Parvies mentioned that's kind of like the opposite or kind of the complement of the ascension, right? The city comes down. Um, and of course, I, I think that for us, we, we wouldn't say necessarily that the, the city of God is kind of literally up there, right? Like, you know, we, we think of like, you know, our, our 
a sphere in the solar system and you're like well which way is up right you know <laughs> it's in space right but but the, the the space is is the metaphor for it's um it's beyond us in some in some ways it's like somewhere out there in the future but but Christ is already there. He, you know, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So he he's there talking to Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, he's there crossing um, the Red Sea with Moses and the people. Right? It's like the Lord said before Abraham was, I am. He's there with Abraham. He's there in the future on the day of the resurrection. So um, we're all disconnected by time. But if we're in Christ, then we're we're already there even though it's not yet. Well, yeah, and I was just thinking, too, what, listening to you here, uh, is that where do you find, in our, in our day-to-day lives, where do you find uh, what we're talking about here, the, where the, the, um, the already but not yet joined together, and that is uh, in the divine service, which right. is uh, the connection between heaven and earth. I mean, this is uh, our Bethel. This is the house of God, and this is where God meets us. And so every time we go to church, every time we go to church, it kind of like transports us or gives us this this picture of uh, of what we what is just just beyond the corner, just right ahead. And and then the time doesn't seem to drag out because we see the reality before us every every Sunday morning. And we know that's yeah. where we belong, and that's what is true. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's really insightful, and it reminds me about how I mean, how did John start all this, right? In John, in uh, Revelation chapter one, he said he was um, in the spirit on the Lord's day, right? So he's like he's like worshiping, like on Sunday, and it's in the midst of that that look. I mean, like he's being transported to different times and different places. He's seeing the the beginning. He's seeing the end, right? In the midst of, as you were saying, in the midst of the divine service, right? Um, in spirit, we're we're not just there on that one at that one time in that one place. We're um, through Christ. We we're in all these other places wherever God's people have ever been and will ever be. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's no accident that John, you know, uh, mentions the his setting because he's sort of like, hey, you know, this this is what happens when you're in the spirit on the Lord's day, um, for you guys too. Um, which I think is, is helpful because it brings us back to, um, here in revelation, this really is a, is a letter, um, in a certain sense, because you, you see how it gets, uh, even here at the end, you, you have the seven churches, right. Being brought up again, um, there in, in 15, some of those, um, sins that are mentioned are the ones, you know, especially like the idolatry and the sexual morality, are the things that were specifically mentioned in the introductions to the churches. Um, and then in 16, verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. Um, yeah. Seems to be a reference, of course, you know, it includes all God's people. But here it seems to fun- function as a reference to those seven churches. Um, like, so those those haven't been forgotten, you know, like the description, the root and uh, descendant of David, the bright morning star, that's how he described himself in those letters. So those seven churches have not been forgotten. Um, hey, we're talking to you guys. Right. Yeah, and uh, 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 again, I don't want to jump off the topic here, but it just kind of strikes me. Uh, on Quasimodo Genities Sunday, that's the Sunday after Easter, you have Jesus, and he's talking about the, the, the ministry of the Word, and he's talking about uh, John, talks about the Bible. Yeah. 
So you got Christ yeah. giving the keys to his church, and then you have John telling us why he wrote what he wrote. And so you have the written word is for the benefit of Christ's church, and the two and the two go together. You have the same thing right here at the end, at the end of of, of Revelation, because you 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 know he's he's going to be writing. This is a book that's being written, and this is right. the book for his church. Yeah, no, that, that that's right. It's um, yeah, it's it's kind of um, it's a little bit meta, breaking the fourth wall there, and uh, yeah, no, but it, I mean it's. It's it's there. He he's he's in the visions, right? And he's there experiencing it with the angel. But he's also the the author. Well, at least the the one who's writing it down. He's more like the, the scribe in some ways, right? But but you hear his voice. You know the the voice of John. The the as he's writing, like I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. You know, um, you know John has this this interest, um, a, a fatherly interest. Um, and this being a blessing for the people who are receiving this, we see that, of course, um, in in the gospel, the way that's written, you know, that these things are written that you may believe, right, that Jesus is the Christ. Um, and and in, in the letters, too, you know, love one another, little children, right, using that affectionate term. So, I mean, there, there's John in here, and you can, you can feel the love John has, um, even in the midst of warnings. It's the warning that a parent gives his children that they would not, you know, go out into the street by themselves or something like that. Um, really, really quick, I wanted to uh, take a question that we got on Facebook, actually. This is taking us back to uh, the, the Tree of Life. So um, the question was mentioned here. Um, okay, how does this make sense? There's a tree, there's a tree that makes 12 different kinds of fruit. Um, you know, I can picture a tree that's got like, you know, apples, bananas, oranges, right? But like, uh, is that what's going on? Like it's it's got like twelve different things at the same time. What, what is that? What is that getting at? Um, and I, I want to get your your take on this too. My my initial take is that uh, the word, at least I know in Hebrew for tree, um, is a collective word. So um, in the same way that in English, like fruit actually tends to be collective, right? That you would say like here is a piece of fruit. And there's a bunch of fruit over there, or there are many pieces of fruit, right? It's just kind of it's it's this kind of big mass that's out there. Um, the, the Hebrew word for tree was also collective, so you would have like there's a, it's like you would say there's a stick of tree over there, and there's many sticks of tree. Um, so <laughs> to say that there's the tree of life could actually mean that there are many individual trees, um, and and I think actually that that's the idea in Genesis, um, in Genesis uh, two and three, that, that there's, you know, there, there's some small number or perhaps an, even an individual tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but all throughout the rest of the garden, there's just many trees of life all over the place with all different kinds of fruit for them to eat so that they can always be eating from the tree of life. So, I mean, that's, that's how I've taken it. Um, but uh, what, what, I mean, what are your thoughts on this tree of life idea? I, I like, would also add, I would add with the imagery that we have here, the number 12 is, is very significant because the number 12 yeah. is the number of the church. So let us join together two things. I mean, we teach this in catechism. We talk about the kingdom of grace and we talk about the kingdom of glory. Well, the kingdom of grace is the church on earth. The kingdom of glory is the church right. in heaven. But these are not two different kingdoms. And so the number 12, the number 12 grounds heaven on 
earth. That is to say, the 12 tribes, the 12 apostles, the, the church on earth, then is translated into heaven. That's why you have to, well, yeah, I'm not going to tell John what he has to do, but that's why I think <laughs> you've got the 12 kinds of fruit. The point is 12. And, and right. that is to say, this is the whole church yeah. that is there in, in, in the heavenly Jerusalem. I absolutely agree, because even though you've got the seven churches, right, like John wants to be clear, um, yeah, I, I'm writing to the seven churches and for the stuff that they're going through right now. We talked about how that might have been persecution and suffering under uh, Domitian, possibly, right? And, and and we're trying to get some encouragement for them and say, hey, look what God's already done. He took he took care of the, you know, the Julian dynasty. You know, he's going to take care of these guys, too. Don't worry, right? So there's a certain level that's there, but this is for all the church, really, Revelation. And that's how we've always taken it, that this isn't just something for Asia Minor, but for us. And so the idea that there's 12 kinds of fruit, um, on the one hand, that lines up with the months of the year to say that there's always tree of life available to eat. But then, as you said, it also means that anyone in among the 12 tribes, anyone who's a member of Christ, right, this this fruit's for you, right? Don't be afraid to, to take and eat it. It is given for you. There is no tribe here um, that is left out. All God's Nobody. people, this is exactly. for you. And that's what you get in verse 17, right? Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Yeah. This is all uh, for all the people of God. Yeah. Yeah, and the identification of the church with uh, the, that when you talk about heaven and you talk about the church, we're talking about the same thing from a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, this, right. is, this is Christ's, these, these are those, those who belong to Christ. And that's something for us, too, because, you know, you get a little bit down during this whole pandemic thing. We're all locked up, you know, and people get on each other's yeah. nerves and all these things. And just, under, just to understand uh, the gospel, I'm on the historic lectionary. So last Sunday I preached on the little while, you know. The little whiles yeah. are like all these. And the little while is just a little while. And uh, what's coming is going to be forever. So let's right. get a, our perspective straight on that, you know. Well, and that's really well said. I like that, that, you know, the church and heaven are the, the same thing from just different perspectives. I mean, you know, it, it's... I mean, it, he says it here. The, Christ is different, right? The, the beast is um, described as the one who was, uh, who was, who is not, right? And who is about to be um, for a short little while, right? But then Christ is the one who was, the one who is, and the one who will be. Um, and, and when we, when we uh, in church, what, what do we sing, right? You know, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. You know, and I... That, that's really that's really comforting. I mean, it sounds kind of scary on a certain level, I feel like, because it's just like, I mean, really? Like, so the way it was, like, even before I was born, like, I mean, way back when, that that's how it's going to be. Um, but the idea is that it, as it is now, you know, uh, in some ways, heaven has, has, always, has always been, it always is, even in this moment. And so when you, when you have there, um, you know, in these last few verses, like the warning, right? Um, you know, don't take anything away. Um, it, it's because, conversely, that goes with the blessing, that all these things are blessings that we have now. If you want to go to heaven, go to church on Sunday. It's, it's, it's right here already. I mean, that's, that's literally true. 
that you're participating in heaven there in, in the blessing of the divine service um, as you're gathered with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And even if it's only two or three of you um, gathered, that's what the Lord says. Um, only a minute left here, but just but just wrapping things up, brother, in conclusion, you know, uh, again, the Lord repeats, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. John responds. Yeah, and uh, I think that to the the uh, the point that that I'd like to to make here about not adding and not taking away uh, is uh, you know we can we can apply this to the what we call the canon you know the books of the Bible that God has said everything here there is to say don't take away don't add but also there is this 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 sense of of finality now we're ready now. Everything is said. Everything is said that we need. And so he can come back tomorrow. And so the return of Christ is imminent. And that's why we pray, come Lord Jesus. He can come anytime. Amen. And we're ready. Amen. Well, I mean, uh, he can come anytime, and he does come all the time. I mean, he, he comes, um, I mean, to us constantly in so many ways. So it's, uh, in, in some ways, you know, it's a frightful proposition, the Lord coming in judgment. But I mean, in some ways, we're really well practiced and ready for it because he comes to us again and again and again through his means of grace. Um, Thank you so much, brother. It was really great hearing your voice again. Encouraged to hear about the good things God is doing um, up there in Montana and among your people. God bless you guys the rest of this Easter season. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure as always. Everybody, Pastor Rolf Preuss, pastor at Trinity and St. John Lutheran Churches in Sydney and Fairview, Montana. Moving on to the Gospel of Mark. Till then, I'm Pastor A.G. Espinosa. You've been listening Peace. to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.